I've learned from working in a college over the past little while is the teens, they're going mad for Uncharted. The Uncharted movie Wait, is coming out. No. Yeah. They're not. They, they are. And specifically the teen girls. They're the girls that are... Oh, they're all, they're all but, Tom Holland. Yeah, they, Tom Holland. Right? That's what... Yeah, they all want to look at Tom Holland, of course. But I... that movie is going to have a big audience. If you go... Uh, like you go women, based, on your, women... based on your college, the girls in your college, <laughs> that film's going to have I, a big I audience. I assume it's the same all over, because I assume that the, the girls just want to look at Tom Holland. And the who, last... can, who can blame them? The last non-Spider-Man film that Tom Holland was in, I think, it was in a film with Daisy Ridley, and as far as I'm aware, it did not do well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he can sell. I don't think he can sell a movie as much as people think he can sell a movie. He, he's selling it to the teenagers of Swindon. That's all I can. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's um, I. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for the quality of the Uncharted movie because I, I, I well, while critic consensus seems to be it's not very good. Critics consensus says that a, a few films that I like aren't very good, so that's not necessarily a um something to be taken one way or the other. Uh, I think it looks bad, personally. Tom Holland himself, so I'm kind, I'm kind uh, I, I of getting know, bored of his shtick. Uh, like, all right, I'm I'm not generally attracted to men. So some men, they're good looking, but Tom Holland, I don't I'm see sorry. myself. No, it's it's uh, someone who is attracted to men. I just find him. He's he's fine. Uh, he's very. I, I don't. I, I think him as a person. I just am sort of getting a bit kind of. He's a himbo. I I think like the thing is he's not like super buff, but he's not like skinny either, and I he's in between, and that I don't appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> he's not who I would pick to play Nathan Drake. That's for sure. And he seems to be playing it the same way he plays uh, Spider Man. Uh, Peter Parker. Uh, presumably a lot of his roles. Um, I guess for teenagers, he fulfills the role of like kind of non-threatening like love interest, which I there's get. A, there's a great article. I, I can't remember where it's from. I'll find it for you and I'll put it in the bio, in the bio or the summary of this part, this episode as well uh, about the desexification of Hollywood movies mm. in that you have actors and actresses who are better looking than they have ever been before, and yet there is less sex to them than ever before. Like Tom Holland may as well have no genitals whatsoever <laughs> through the through his like the sexual sexuality he shows on on screen, which is non-existent. Um, and that's sort of like across the board for a lot of Hollywood movies. Yeah. When can you when 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 was the last time you watched a Hollywood movie where you thought these actors and actresses are not just good looking? But sexy. When was the last time I had to take it out in the middle of a theatre? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not since I was nine. Oh God, Jesus! Okay, he <laughs> no. started uh, early, folks. No, I think there's definitely something to like. It's a product. Um, it's the same reason why they don't make like uh, what in America they call like an R-rated movie, like a movie with like kind of blood and stuff, um, and like that kind of um, that kind of excessive violence you might find in like a RoboCop or a. Uh, like an 80s I'm not, movie. To be, to be clear, I'm not specifically talking about people having sex on film. No, but what I'm talking about, about like having sex appeal. People, sex appeal. And I think it's like, the same way. But even that, like, it's a product of Hollywood trying to be, like, ultra safe, right? And yeah. trying to, to sell, you know, they don't really make 18-rated movies anymore. Uh, and they don't even, in a minute, they won't even make 15-rated movies because they want to, they want to get swung- that lucrative... Uh, it swung kind of, around to 18 rated movies a little bit 
like more recently. Although even those I feel like are not 18 rated in a way that maybe they used to be. Yeah. Um, like you look at like Deadpool one and two, for example, and it's got some blood and it's got some like gory action in it, but it, they could, it could, that could very easily be a 15 in my opinion. Like yep. you, you'd have to remove a couple of fucks, but that's about it. Like, it feels like yeah. you just like make the movie it, you were going to make, add some blood in, make him say fuck 10 times. And you've got an R rated movie right there. It's, they, they want to appeal to that key, like 12 to 18 demographic. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, to what extent do you think that's the case of like, we live in a in a world now where like sexual imagery and specifically like pornography is so easily accessible. What what do you maybe it's the extent that we live in a, like a hypersexualized world and now it just feels compared to like the the volume of like pornographic content that is easily available if you I don't know for it, that you I... feel like that sexual sexuality in movies just like regular movies has kind of lost its novelty. Potentially, but I look at like older films, and even if they're not like, even if they're not like rated eighteen or whatever, the actors and actresses who were good looking were also sexy. Like there, there was something to them where a sort of a certain je ne sais quoi um, <laughs> to them, where you're like, they, they, there's some. I'll find the article for you, and I'll send it across, and I'll put it in the in the summary later. Um, and you'll see what I mean because I I can't yeah. describe it properly off the top of my head, but it, Tom Holland very perfectly sums that up. As sort of just feeling like you've got this Ken doll who's just this <laughs> perfect human being, just chucked on screen, and there's he's like, like good, he's good looking, but he doesn't exude any sexuality. Exactly, none at all, none whatsoever. Um, and that is a problem with a, with a lot of things because yeah, and it's also they want to like sex appeal and like sexuality is like a culturally dependent thing, right? And yes. they want to export to like all global markets, so yeah. better to just have them be like Ken dolls. Absolutely. What, what, um, let me ask you a question. What was a film that you watched like as a kid and was like your first like sexual awakening? <laughs> I actually can't think of one. Like it's, I find that I, off the top of my head, I cannot think of one to actually describe it. I just know it exists. Uh, I remember uh, watching. Oh, uh, maybe a Knight's Tale. I think the people in Knight's Tale are quite sexy. Uh, certainly, like the I think Heath Ledger, for example. Is a it has sex appeal or had sex appeal, I suppose. Um, and so there is that there. Uh, terribly, like I watched this at maybe like 11 years old for whatever reason. Whatever reason. What women want what with, a, Mel Gibson? with Mel Gibson, where, where, where there is there is a to see inside women's minds. Yes. There is a scene in that. Is it Marissa Tomei? I think I might, might be it. It's like a sex scene in that, which I thought was particularly. Uh, Isn't that sexy. the movie where he finds out what women can think and they're all thinking about him? They are. Uh, they're, yeah, it was Marissa Tomei, who I, I have had a long, lifelong crush on. Um, kind of. There's one woman who he, he hears that she's like being suicidal. And so like he's shopping he's as so, well. He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> women, women do am, shopping. Am, am I right? Yeah. yeah um, uh, m- mine was Cameron Diaz in The Mask. Good choice. Yep. Yeah. And also, I remember watching the opening credits of a James one of the Pierce Brosnan Bond films and my nan was in the room and being incredibly uncomfortable as I was like oh god <laughs> that's what, what I is, mean you will never get that in you're, a Marvel movie you're, you'll never like, watch a movie with your you could watch every Marvel movie you could watch with your nan and she'd love it and you Marissa Tomei is in the <laughs> Spider-Man movies and somehow she loses sex appeal during those as if like it's been <laughs> edited out of her for these movies um 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 a bizarre phenomenon. Who knows? <laughs> Sorry. Bring back sex to cinema, damn it. That's uh <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think it's also um, fine it's also finally a product of like the gradual elimination of a mid-budget movie. Yeah. And like so like Mass V's mega blockbusters, they've got to make back a billion dollars. So they can't have any anything remotely alienating to anyone in them. And then the indie movies don't they they don't want to I guess have them? such Pardon? Who, who watches, watches them? Who watches them? They don't I mean yeah. They, they, maybe this, they don't want to have such kind of broad like a crowd pleasing material, I don't know. Maybe you do get some indie movies about sex, but it's not But it's not it's, it's not just thing. about sex, you know, it's but, just about yeah. the feeling of yeah. Maybe, maybe foreign films, like foreign language films. Uh, even that. the Italians aren't p- doing properly perverted films anymore, <laughs> and that's that's all they ever do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Italy's film industry, right? I'm a mate. It's the entire country, and they've made like two real movies in like a hundred <laughs> years: Il Postino and Bicycle Thieves, and maybe a third one. And the rest are all like pervert horror films and like knockoff animations. Sounds like my sort of shit. Let's get. Let's you, go, you, get hate, let's go. you hate horror films. Let's go watch the pervert horror films. General perverted things. Yeah, it's true. Are you going to watch Uncharted? Probably not. No, I don't think it's really aimed at me. Uh, by in, by I don't this, know by, who it's aimed by, at. By, by my metric, I'm going to be going to a cinema, sitting in amongst a bunch of teenage girls and probably end up on a list. <laughs> probably please will like raid it halfway through not another one <laughs> welcome to the not a geek podcast episode 74 going out on 21st of feb 2022 i'm your host cal doughty and i'm joined by a man who recently revealed to me that his sleep paralysis demon takes the form of big bird from sesame street it's everybody's friend scott hunter hello hi scott how are you doing yeah, I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's half term next week, so that's nice. So I get that is nice time. for you. Get uh, time off. I get to do some research. Again, we're starting a podcast. If you're talking about the time off you're about to have, look, I, I'm, it's actually not really time. Look, I'm actually doing research most of the <laughs> okay, week. Okay, you're gonna be, you're, I, gonna be, you're gonna be doing. I, I can't help. I, I, you like to say I take a lot of holiday. I can't help it when the, my employer, the, school, the college that I work for, declares a holiday. I can't just come in and work it regardless. It, it wasn't my choice. No, I'm coming <laughs> in. You've got to open these doors. Oh, it wasn't my choice. Uh, that's, that's what I scream as they take me away. <laughs> no, um, I'm actually doing work that week. I've got like my, uh, my writing for my PhD is going well. I've got two more. I've, I've got a final research trip booked to the BBC archives. So that'd be nice. Is when I say time off, I mean time off from my part-time job to do my full-time job. When's so, this PhD done? Uh, I'm this hoping year? to have it wrapped up by the end of the year. Yeah. Heck yeah. We've been doing this podcast for over three years now, and it's yeah, and and we started right when I started my PhD. So it has it's a heck of a journey. Yeah, heck of a journey. Uh, how about you? How are you? I'm doing you told, good. You told me a minute ago you were bored. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm just sort of waiting for something exciting to happen. You know, when you sort of like. You know when, like, I think I think we're hit with I, I've sort of hit that February slump where the New Year's happened, which is all very exciting. But now I'm sort of getting to the point where I'm like, I'm not really sure what I'm looking forward to this year. I don't really know what's coming up. Easter's we've, a little while away. Easter's a little while away. We've had to cancel our trip to Japan. Oh, because uh, they, they they've still not opened their borders, Scott. Oh fuck, their borders are still closed uh, to anyone, but apart from like specific businesses. 
So we're just not risking it. We're going to go to Italy for a couple of weeks, but that's, I know that's still great. But when I've been bigging myself up for a year about the idea of going to Japan for three weeks, it's, I'm feeling a bit. Speaking of potentially cancelled trips, I meant to go to London tomorrow for a Warhammer tournament this weekend. Uh, but there's uh, when you're listening one. to this, it'll be previous weekend. Yes, exactly. exactly. So we will know by the time you're listening to this whether it happened or not. But Storm Eunice is coming through Swindon. And I'm <laughs> so I plan it's coming to travel. through the country, not just, not just coming through the country. <laughs> just... I I don't have I didn't know if you had it up north yet. Yeah, we've got we've got an amber warning, so we're going to have uh, speeds of up to eighty miles an hour. Where we are, I think. Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna try and get on the train. I don't know. I'm gonna, at half one tomorrow. I get out of work. I've arranged for it, so I get out early afternoon, and I'm hoping that traveling midday. Even though it's a reduced service and reduced speed on the line, traveling midday, not many people want to travel. So maybe yeah. I can sneak into London that way. Uh, it may be I get out and all the trains are cancelled and I have to just cry. I mean, you're a, you're a, you're a big enough guy. You could anchor down from the wind, couldn't you? I could anchor down. Yeah, but I'd have to wait until Saturday to go. Oh, because the, the, the trains themselves... The trains themselves be. might be, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. I um I have not I've, my bike has been damaged for a couple of a couple of months now and I've sort of been a bit too lazy to get it fixed so I've sort of gone two months without a lot of exercise and I'm really feeling it right now uh, but this yeah. week I was like I'm finally gonna get back on my bike I fixed it let's get cycling to work I did one day where the wind was really picking up which made it very difficult to cycle and since then it's been like a war- like a weather warning around me where I've just sort of been like probably not safe to cycle. In this, in this heavy wind mm-hmm. and so i've just not been able to yet so the wind ma- ruins plans of us all is yep. what i would say to you where the wind blows did you where know the- we're, we're getting an extra bank holiday this year yeah for uh the the queen's uh, plutonium ju- plutonium jubilee plutonium jubilee of Elizabeth it certainly Peter. is blowing up so called queen of britain yeah uh, well so makes me so- can we with all the stuff right not to diverge too much from video games like we have done so far for the first 14 minutes of this podcast. Can we, we being the country, have a serious conversation now about the monarchy considering everything they've done this, this considering week alone? Yeah, 12, 12 million pounds of your money yeah, went to seeing Prince Andrew settled out of court for his alleged child of sex abuse. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Like, it, it, it feels like a pervasion of justice that that can just be allowed. Like, I yeah, get that he wasn't I mean, being I, I, tried... It, it is a perversion of justice. But he wasn't being tried in a... He was never being tried in a criminal sense. It was always a, it was always a civil mm. lawsuit. So that's why this sort of thing can be allowed. But it very much feels like a... There's, here's someone who has, allegedly, uh, committed a crime, but the person who is accusing him of that crime has received a enough amount of money where they've gone like, actually... This is enough for me to withdraw it, and so he's fine. I yeah, I mean, usually you could pursue both like criminal and civil suits, right? So you get compensation and also like pursue yeah. a criminal matter. But that can't be. I don't know why they've not done that. Uh, but probably the crown's decision. And guess who's and the crown is controlled by Prince Andrew's mother. Yes, great that isn't it? Great. You know, like so. I think. I don't know what's going to happen with Elizabeth dies, right? Because I think, unfortunately, Elizabeth, she's been around for too long. She's, for most people in the country, she's like a fixture. 
there's nothing like just been around forever and i think that's why maybe people are just not too anti-royal i don't know it becomes hard to talk about that when it's everything you've ever known i I do think things can i don't know if they will because it could they could weather the storm i think things could change quite quickly when elizabeth dies like i think it might be a shock to some people of like oh no this can change and also i think a lot of people might wake up one day and be like charles really yeah yeah. Charles is our king, for real. Yeah, absolutely. Where did this come from? You talked about the extra bank holiday. Where's the Where's the uh, rest I of this talk, come from? I talked about the extra bank holiday, and then you talked about the queen. What What did you want to say about the extra bank holiday? I just wanted to point it out. Was I didn't know until someone pointed out to me. But... Oh right, yeah, we do. We have an extra bank holiday, and I'm yeah, good extra day off work. Not all of us get half terms like you, though, Scott. So <laughs> you know, some of us will be working next week. Have you? been doing anything over the past couple of weeks last 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 podcast you you put your hands up and you said callum cal sea dog cali cali galaxy <laughs> call my name <laughs> i have not really played much or done anything this week and yeah i, I cried I, I, and i thought I, I talked you through it I walked, we walked we got through it together because i'd done quite a bit have you amended that for this week yeah, I have. So after nice. after you, and basically everyone in my life, both people I know in real life and people who's like journalists whose opinions I respect, have like recommended Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I I, I got it. And what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's really bloody good. Yeah, it is. I have to say, um, I I know this is like mirroring popular sentiment at this point, but I've not been excited as excited about a Pokemon game since Black and White 2, which was the last one I really enjoyed. I What I notice is people are all saying, I haven't been this excited about a Pokemon game since X. And But then but the Pokemon, the last Pokemon game they were excited about was always quite different. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> actually at X. Like X no, not... Y. Oh, this, this will get confusing. Pokemon... Yeah. <laughs> Since Can, I was gonna, I, I can't gonna, believe I'm still. So, I had never considered it before, but they just called it Pokemon X and Y. Like that's what they wrote on the. That's probably what they wrote on the whiteboard at the start <laughs> of the. Okay, we don't. We're gonna call it yet. So just let's just call it Pokemon X, Pokemon Y. We'll decide that later, and then they just fucking went with it in the end. All right. Since Pokemon Sigma, yeah, that's a real <laughs> thing. Yeah, that that will be. They've had Alpha Ruby and Omega. Yeah, they have, they'll have. Yeah. They'll have Sigma and Delta one day. Definitely. Um, and anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ev- so everyone has a everyone has game. a different one. That was the last Pokemon game there is, and and notably for me, and I realised the last Pokemon games I was really loved were the first ones I played since like Generation Two. Yeah, so I played Generation Two, and I played nothing until like Black and White, Black and White Two, ten years ago now actually. But anyway, and you played uh, you played some of the others in between. I played some of the others in between, and I've always had the same pattern where I enjoyed them all. F- Fine enough, but I never, I haven't completed one since Black and White Two, uh, because they just haven't like grabbed me enough to see it through to the end. But Pokemon yeah, Legends last year, um, yeah, it might change here because I'm actually I'm really enjoying it. This is I've always said that Pokemon didn't need to be in 3D because the 3D added nothing, but they've actually the 3D has added something finally. Yeah, this, it does. Yeah, and this it turns feels... out what you needed was to step away from just trying to do what you did in 2D. Yes, but in 3D, to, yeah, it turns out. If you don't do like the the top the isometric map on a grid <laughs> anymore, yeah. uh, you can actually do a lot with a formula. And yeah, it's it's really fun. First, I found out you can take full damage. That's annoying. Yes, you can. Yeah, uh, I did okay. that because I ran off a cliff. 
I, 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 I was like, I wonder if I can take full damage in this game. And then I dove off a cliff. Tested it out and, and then died and immediately. I did. Yeah, that was annoying. And you can't go back and get your stuff if you drop it. Someone else has to get it for you. Oof. Do you know Ooh, about this? So uh, I, I've seen a menu saying you pick up like Greg's stuff or whatever. Yeah, so when you're out in the world, you will st- if you look on your map, you will start seeing little bag icons. And that's where other players... Sort of like a Dark Souls-esque where other players have fallen... Uh, like when they're out and about, like a Pokemon's defeated them, or they've taken too much damage and they've they've and they drop their stuff. If you get a bag, you then send their stuff back to them, and you get some points for that, which you can then spend on items, like uh, items that you need to evolve your Pokemon, for example, nice. like certain Pokemon, for example. So it's items that have come through the wormhole, and you use those to evolve certain Pokemon. Uh, and in return, that's what they've got to do for you. So if you lose your stuff. You don't get obviously you don't lose everything, but you don't get some of that stuff back until someone finds it in their world and sends it back to you. So it just gets a random player just gets given it, and then they got to try and find it, uh, which I th- I think is a really cool because this game doesn't really have it only has trading. You can't battle online or anything, but I think it's a, a nice little sort of asynchronous multiplayer thing to add in there to still have some form of there's other people playing Pokemon <laughs> out in the world, with, you know. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> I had a, I went to drink some water and it went the wrong way. And then I finished talking before you thought I would. <laughs> you had to quickly mm. swallow and start yeah. speaking again. Uh, those alpha Pokemon are scary. Yeah, yeah, they are. I did. Did I speak much about the alpha Pokemon last time? I don't I'm think not sure you if did. I did. Um. So yeah, the the there is these bigger versions of Pokemon which are just called alpha Pokemon. Where they're the nor- they're the normal Pokemon but fucking massive, uh, so you get like a rapid like I think I talked a little bit about the rapid action of Snorlax early on, uh, and they'll just chase you down and hunt you down, and they have the big red eyes. What is your um, what does your team consist of right now? Um, I'm still I've got my starters for water. I always pick for water. You went for Oshawott. Uh, okay, I went for I've got a I've got a Shinx which has evolved. Love Shinx. Uh, I've got um. Oh, what else do I have? I've got the um, I've I've caught the the, the big bug that you catch the first alpha, like the in the in-game story. I'm I'm using him. Alpha. You know, it's that mm. it's the big bug with a mustache. Cricket cricket tune. Cricket tune, yeah. When it goes like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, love that. That one, um, yeah, and I, I've got still a few placeholders. I'm kind of searching for the team I really want. Yeah, uh, it's but... um it, it I think I was in the third or fourth area when I finally settled on the team that I like. I caught I've caught a Pikachu and a Pichu, so I'm considering putting them in. They were like they were like Pokemon that I kept from like as as like eventually cer- certain Pokemon joined my crew and they were like a lock, right? And then yeah. but then the rest of the rest of the team was sort oh, of Oh, like... I've got an Eevee as well who I'm going to evolve. Oh, nice. I've um I've got an Umbreon on my team because Umbreon's my favourite Pokemon. So I, ca- I had an Umbreon on my team. I got well, I think I had Umbreon, Steelix, Typhlosion, um, Gastrodon. Um, I, sh- I sent you the, the picture and now I can't remember the last two. Gastrodon, is that like a stomach Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. No, it's that little um, it's that little shellfish thing. Mm. Uh, Gastrodon... Oh my god! Where is this picture? I can't find it now. But my team was good. I love them. They were great. 
I need to get more steel Pokemon. I'm the steel type trainer. Oh, I've got a uh, Gudra and then a Yan Mega bug type. Good old steel. Nothing beats that. Nothing. Nothing. Be- nothing can beat steel. The um, it can. Have you found it difficult at all yet? Because there are definitely moments where it actually gets kind of hard. This game. Uh, I've not found it super difficult yet, apart from the Alpha Pokemon, who I've not I've not taken one down, apart from as part of the story. Um, yeah, it's uh, maybe I haven't encountered like a proper skill hike yet. I think yeah, they definitely, definitely expect you to be messing around quite a bit before you move on to the next part of the story. Yeah, I um, I did a lot of explore. I, th- I think I spent about like ten hours in that first place, and maybe I quite quite a while anyway. Uh, when I finished the game, I think it was at 30, between 30 and 40 hours when I finished the game. Um, so it's a decent decent chunk of game there. Just keep catching, I would say. Yuck. Like it's, it's, it, what's, what's great about it is the, there's, there's something like quite addicting about just the little, you chuck the ball at the Pokemon, it gets caught in the ball, and the little firework shoots out the Pokeball, and does a little pop, doodling, like when you've caught it. And I, I just really love that. Uh, are some some of the sound effects are they just straight up from Breath of the Wild? You, it does sound it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I th- that might be like some of the sound effects I really like, but some of them I'm like, mm, okay, this feels a bit too Breath of the Wild. Same with some of the music. I think, like, I think there's some really cool music on it, and there's there's one track at night which sounds like it's from FTL, which I think is really cool. Hmm. But otherwise, a lot of the music is a bit like, nah, it's fine. There's like my main gripes of it. What do you think about the the way it looks? I th- so it's kind of an ugly game, but I think it looks fine with the way they've like it looks visually cohesive. Uh, I did. I wasn't like looking at it and cringing. No, I was just sort of like, ah, uh, it could look a lot better, but it is functional. It definitely... I, at least, at least the frame rate kind of stays fairly constant. Yeah, yeah. So got it's got a good locked frame rate. It looks like visually it needed some more time. In the oven, I would. Say. I, I I think so. This is like a big step forward. I I think ev- I what I wish is that Game Freak would give the Pokemon Company like three or four years to really or the other way the po- other way around. Uh, the Pokemon Company would give Game Freak, yeah, like three or four years to really polish a sequel, but they won't. <laughs> you know the reason why that is, though, don't you? They want money. Like, is there a special uh, it, reason? Kai, so Pokemon is more than just a game franchise it is the biggest media franchise in the world and there's many moving parts of that so while while they're working on the next game you've got the anime that is working on the anime to match the game you've got the merchandise you've got all of these other things with all these other factors that is this massive behemoth task of loads of individual little companies if you delay the game you can't just delay all of these other things and so they are basically stuck on this constant schedule of having to put things out at specific times in order to match up match up with the rest of this like biggest franchise in the world. The, the media and, machine. Like, exactly. And, that's basically what I said. There's there there are financial coming out every like year. But it's not like they can just put pause on all of that other stuff. Like this stuff is all like designed and planned years in advance to the point where like if you delay delay a game exactly yeah if you delay a game for three months you can't you've got three months to go you realize okay we're not gonna be able to get these graphics done up in time it is then at that point too late to delay it further like i think there's there might have been a couple of delays but they're usually like planned i'm I'm imagining significantly earlier i'm imagining you 
sitting in a cubicle and someone going past me like, Callie, you done those graphics for a new Pokemon? What? <laughs> it's, it's due in Friday. Uh, and you, you, you'd be like, yeah, I've, I've, I'll get it to you. right." And then you're like sweating. Like some, of the, some of the graphics in the game do uh, feel like they they had to stick with the placeholder for some of that stuff not because they yeah. ran out of because they ran out of yeah. time. Like, well, I that's wish, the stuff that takes. And, the- and I know it won't happen because it's a massive media machine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But whoever has the power of a Pokemon company, just give it a couple of years. Yeah, give it give it three or four years. Just stop Pokemon we can, for a little while. What but we can hope obviously for, would never I actually think, happen is they use this as a launch pad for future. So like. And then incremental improvements, right? So if you're gonna have to do it year on year, don't just feel like like Pokemon has the Pokemon company has a real horrible habit of restarting everything from scratch every yeah. game. Like they've admitted that like, that's what they do. Like you'll bring models over, but otherwise they build it all again from the ground up, which is just maybe <laughs> the most wasteful thing you could possibly do when you have all this shit to hand anyway. So. Just I, what I hope is they build incrementally on this, so that next game we see like a step forward from there. From that, but, from but that. now, like if they bring out a new mainline Pokemon game, is it just gonna feel if they don't build on this? If they like, could you go back after this? Is my question to like the regular mainline Pokemon formula? Um, I don't know. I don't think I can. Well, I mean, I suppose we'd see when they do the black and white remake, right? Oh fuck! But I can still play black and white on my 3ds. I've still got it. Yeah, and that was a great not, game. Not everyone has a 3DS. Yeah, so um, that's why they but, do the remakes. Surely they're gonna, before they do that. Surely they're gonna do a mainline Pokemon game. This is the and mainline Pokemon game, though. It is this intent. So they had Sword I believe, and Shield, and they then had they Sword had and Shield Diamond and Pearl remake. Is this intended to replace whatever would be? The- I believe this is the next mainline Pokemon remake. The next mainline Pokemon game because you had Sword All and right. Shield. Then you had the Sword and Shield expansion pass, which is where the uh, the, ex- the oh, other yeah, game would usually DLC, be. They? Yeah. Then they had Diamond and Pearl remake, or granted that was a few months ago. And the Diamond and Pearl remake was designed, it was done by a different company. Um, yeah, well, to sort of, it, was des- it was designed to lead people into this next game, yeah. which is the, the right. Arceus. And then presumably there's a Let's Go at some point. I, ho- I really hope there's a Let's Go um, Gold and Silver, because I really like the Let's Go game. Mm. And then we'll see... Uh, the thing is, I don't know if they should remake Black and White as this style of game. Exactly. Like, what does that no. look like? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's. I think you're you're in a real like rock and a hard place situation here yeah. because either you redo Black and White as this style of game, and then it is completely different to Black and White, or you redo it like they've done with Diamond and Pearl, and it feels like the biggest step back following mm. this. Although that's and also Black and White had great graphics. I want like. I mean, basically, there's no scenario where they do the graphics like that. Again. Yeah, basically, what I want is black and white, but the X is the, the the modern feature is that XP share is just on all the time. Yeah, because black and white two was the last Pokemon game with like proper grinding like that. I can promise and you, the XP I, share will be in the game. <laughs> like on and the I I don't know if I could go back to black and white and black no. and white two where you have to level up every Pokemon individually. I don't get why people get so annoyed about the XP share. The idea of leveling individual characters in like separate to another is just the biggest waste of time ever. Yeah, I, I kind of get it in the sense of like in the old style, 
you would actually have to use a Pokemon in combat and you would like leveling up a Pokemon was a commitment and you yeah. kind of forge more of a connection to that Pokemon maybe. Uh, see, I, I feel kind of more see... connected to my team in Legends Arceus than yeah. I have ever done in a team before. I, I okay. still think XP share is a good thing and I wouldn't want to go back. Um, but I, can, I, I do get kind of a feeling for me of like, well, new Pokemon, I'm just going to put it in my like party and I guess I'll see it in like two hours or what yeah. five hours when it has leveled up to the rest of my team. Yeah, I guess so. But you but you do that before anyway. Like if you came if you had a level team and you got a new Pokemon, you needed to what catch up. What you were doing is you were just putting it out and then immediately taking it, taking it out again, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's not uh, that's, basically that's not what I'm that saying is because the game forced you to do more grinding, you felt more of a connection to yeah. your little Pokemon, which Maybe is not necessarily the best thing. They should find a different way to make you feel connected to your Pokemon, yeah. which is what I think they do in Legends. And, and to be well. clear, I think. Arceus is good, and I think the SP shares are good. Probably the best new mechanic they put in Pokemon in a uh, long time. People will kill you for that. People well, will, will burn your house. And, and, I, and I've told them where I'm going to be at half past one yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> good good job. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the good past. job right. airing after that. <laughs> I'm glad you're having a really good time with it. I wasn't 100% sure if you definitely would, but I'm glad you're. Um... Yeah, I've Enjoy. I've got to join the Pokemon Legends train, man. I I just have to echo. I'm late to the party, but I'll just echo what people have said about it. Uh, it is if you like Pokemon at all, if you're like me and many others, where you're like, I like Pokemon, but the recent games they all feel a bit samey. This yeah. one, it mixes it up. It does. It's exciting it's a, in a good way. It's a really good game. Um, I'm sad. I'm d- I'm done with it now. I finished it. Don't want to play it again. I don't really do that. I've got, a, you know, you know what I'm like with my constantly having a new game to play. Oh yeah, uh, that's true. It's uh, I might, I'll probably dip in every now and then to catch them all, but it's for some reason whenever I hit, I, I, I play through a game, and up until the credits of this, I had the full intention to be like, I'm gonna go catch them all. That's it. And I hit the credits, and suddenly all enthusiasm just gets ripped yeah. out of me because I've got, a, I've got a conclusion, and and it just, it just immediately gets taken out regardless of my level of enjoyment for it. L- so, like me with any kind of GTA type game. Yeah, you hit credits and you. you I'm like that story is done now. I don't. Yeah, want to call I don't. I don't want to go. I don't need to go back to it. Um, I imagine they do DLC, like expa- oh, yeah. expansion pack or something. I'm sure they will. And I'm fully on board with that. Give me more of that, and I'll be very happy. I've been playing a couple of indie games this week, Scott, uh, oh, yeah? and a couple of real good indie games. So the first one is Ollie Ollie World. Have you heard now, about this? Yes, I saw a trailer. It has it has some very stylish trailers kind of completely fail to get across what you actually do in the game, aside from skateboarding. So please tell me a bit more about Oli Oli World. Oli Oli World is maybe a perfect game. I don't think it does a single thing badly at all, and it does everything it wants to do, it does it perfectly. It is a side-scrolling skateboarding platformer. So it's it's almost like on rails. You 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 play a you create a little skateboarder and it's got a really great character creation, uh, and then you go across the place called Radlandia, which is a world dedicated to skateboarding. You have been chosen to become the next skate wizard, which is the person who encapsulates all elements of skateboarding and is like the best skate skateboarder in order to transcend to Nirvana. Um, so it's, it's got a lot of like skate terminology, which it plays like some jokes on, jokes jokes with, and then the actual gameplay is some real sort of like intense side-scrolling skateboarding 
action. So you 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 get going and you do you do tricks. You like you're grinding on things. You're you're doing manuals. You're doing tricks as you hit into the air. The tricks are done using the left stick. So like while you're in the air or as you launch off, you do almost like um, fighting combos. So you, like you move the stick in a particular way to indicate certain tricks. And then that gets you more points and gains you like speed and lets you complete challenges. And every level has like its has a number of challenges that get more and more difficult. So it's like a di- optional challenges. Your goal is to get through each level, tra- travel across the world, and get and meet all of these skate wizards. But then there's additional challenges to every level that add on to the difficulty in that. And some of these get really fucking hard. Like this game is not an easy game. As if as at any point you stray off the normal sort of like just complete the level path, this became game becomes very difficult, but in a fair way that never feels like it's your fault. I'm having I've I've had a re- I, I played through it in the past week. Uh, it took me about ten hours to get through it all. I've had an absolutely amazing time with it playing it on PS5. Is that on everything? Is that on Switch, PS5, Xbox, PC, all that stuff? Um, and it's just really great. It's got like a the art style looks like Adventure Time. It's like it's like a it's like Adventure Time Pro Skater. <laughs> it's probably how I describe it. Um, and it's got a really great sort of like lo-fi hip hop soundtrack. Some really funny writing. It is just on all fronts. Just absolutely nails everything. It's um it's great. And also the most frustrating thing I've ever played at times because of my own lack of ability. Like I, I, I gave myself neck pain from how much I was tensing up trying to complete certain challenges because <laughs> I just got really into it. You know, like when you get really into like the flow of like a guitar hero, and yeah. you're sort of just like in that in that zone as you're playing it. It's like that when you're like you're 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 scrolling along on these on these really fast skate tracks. It goes really fast at times. When you turn it on, it recommends you set your TV to game mode because otherwise it's not going to be able to keep up with the game. It's like that level of speed. Um, so yeah, I get in the zone of it, and then before I know it, I've forgotten to breathe, and my whole body's just tensed up. And it's it's brilliant. Uh, I've I really love it. Oli Oli World, highly recommended. A perfect Sorry, I've, game. I've knocked a load of models onto the floor. <laughs> oh. How did you manage that? Uh, I picked one up to look at it. I didn't realise that it was in like a little tray that's like was balanced on top of a box and the and by removing the model I'd upset the balance. And what people may not know about Scott and, and to a less to a lesser extent me, but um certainly Scott is he's a fidgeter. I feel I feel like oh, yeah. I feel like you always feel like you you always need to be doing something. Oh yeah, right? definitely. And I definitely have that, although less so since I got rid of my phone. Um where I always need to be doing even if it's just like scrolling through something or just playing with something with my hands, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I, I fully get why. All right, this is. I've got, to you. I've got, a, I've got a pitch for you. What's your pitch? pitch? Skateboards, yeah, roller skates, mm-hmm. BMX, unicycles. Okay. The four extreme sports live together in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> Everything changed when the unicycle nation attacked. Attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Their circus skills. Oli Oli World is great. Um, it's £25 from all of these stores. I had a great time with it. I've got loads of challenges left over to do, some of which I will never be able to do, but the actual playing through the main game itself was was a ton of fun. 
recommend it. What's right. your next thing? You've got Triangle All right. Strategy. I played Triangle demo. Strategy, the demo. So this uh, came I out played... following the Nintendo Direct. Direct this came out talk about following later. Nintendo Direct. Triangle Strategy itself comes out on the 4th of March, I think. And Triangle Strategy, so it's by uh, the same team, I believe, that did Octopath Traveler. It's in the same graphical style. Uh, but rather than being a RPG, like a JRPG, it is a Fire Emblem style tactical combat game. Yes. And they released a demo, and the demo uh, comprises the first three chapters of the game. And when they announced that, I was like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of game. Um, fucking hell, I realised why they did it, though. Uh, why? Because, uh, so, I'm not even at the end of the demo, right? Uh, yeah. But, like, three hours into the demo... Jesus. I, I've played, um, actually, two battles, and the rest oh, of the story... Is it a good story? It's an alright story, but I, I want to be playing the game. Yeah. And I, do, I don't know if they've just released the demo. They're like, we got to front load this story. Like, I... Yeah, I don't know if the I feel like I've got through the intro, and I don't know if the battles are going to increase now. I've, I've hit... So, the demo is up to the third chapter, and I've done chapter two. So, I've got one more, like, chapter left uh, for the demo. And I, I hope... I'm hoping to report by the time I play the game, like the game comes out, that there are a lot more battles. Because if it's another chapter of like one battle per two hours of story, I I don't know if I want to buy so the this full is a, game. This is a battle per chapter then is what you've done so far then. Uh, yeah, right? basically. A battle yeah. per chapter. But like there's so much story. And admittedly, I've been letting the story mode like... I've been letting all the voice actors say their lines. I'd like put the dialogue on auto scroll. So the game went at its own pace. Uh, yeah. but So if you really wanted to speed through that story, I guess you could. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of, of story. Dialogue to gameplay ratio is way off kilter. That's interesting. So... Fire Emblem had a bit of this way, like you'd have one like big battle or a couple of big battles per chapter of the game. Like I'm thinking more about Three Houses recently. Yeah. But alongside that, you had like all these side missions where you just had, you could basically yeah. do as many battles as you wanted. And, to. and also the, the story bits in Fire Emblem, you had some agency over that as well because yes. you were moving around. Yeah. Uh, like your your home base basically. Whereas Triangle Statue is very much just dialogue scenes. Like Fire Emblem used to be in a way. Like Fire Emblem used to see, yeah. yeah, used to be, and like the battle bit is fun. It's like a, it's got everything you'd want to see from your turn-based like Fire Emblem type game. The graphics look great. I love it when this character, this enemy, has an ability that he can like throw your characters around, and his animation is like he picks up your sprite and like twirls it around over his head. And one of my characters was riding a horse, and he picked up the whole sprite with the horse and the guy, and just like juggled it around. That's pretty and cool. That's great. That's pretty good and that that's cool the graphics so the graphics look great music like wonderful gameplay really fun i just wish there was more of it i wish i think i've got i would really uh, advise um people to play the actual play the demo it's a substantial demo uh before you actually buy the game because i see that um i want to see that the frequency of battles pick up a bit as someone who only cares about story in like very particular scenarios for games, um, that really puts me off of it. Yep. Uh, so may it, maybe yeah. by the next time we record, I'll report I bought it and liked it, but maybe I'll say it, I forgot put off. Maybe you should. Maybe wait and see what the actual like. See what the third chapter. I see like, what the yeah, see and then what see the what people say in actual reviews. Yeah, but also, but yeah, it's like 
I, I want to see more battles per chapter, please. Maybe it will open up. I'm feeling like the game should open up at some point. Yeah. And there should be side missions and stuff. But I don't know. The yeah. game is very, very serious in its presentation of its story. Oh, at least. God. Okay. It's serious uh, in what way? As in, it takes, like, itself takes itself seriously. Mm, okay. Yeah. There, there, there aren't any quips. Is it? Okay. Well, see, <laughs> you can't win with me, Scott, because <laughs> I don't typically like quips. But I also don't like stories that take themselves yeah. too seriously. Uh, the story is kind of okay. It is. Okay. is All it, right. Um, does it feel like a generic count. sort of um, imagine, story? Imagine this. Three, three nations, three great kingdoms, and they all control one respective vital resource. Like a okay. like, sort of like the, like three houses in a way, you could say. Kind of like three houses. Okay, yeah. And, and they might... They, they, they had a big war, but they've been at peace. But they might have a war again. Fucking okay. Yeah, and who has the special thing that everyone like wants to have? But there's there's no special thing. Which at the kingdom? Moment. Which kingdom attacks first? Ah, well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> there's definitely uh, a king. So this must open up with like one kingdom doing something a little bit dodgy, and then you have to go <laughs> investigate it, right? Yeah. Am I right? Uh, I've I've got I've actually had a choice. I saw a character. You get a choice of which kingdom you want to go to oh, interesting. to okay. to go so maybe i don't know what will change depending so is on your that. is your character like a um like a freelancer you, your no your character is the son and then very quickly this isn't a spoiler very quickly becomes the lord of like a the second most powerful house in your kingdom so you're not the royal family uh but you're i love to just suddenly house. become a lord of a powerful house uh no but you you have a son and your dad like abdicates because he's sick oh so whatever kingdom you pick yeah, you oh, you don't get Lord to pick. You don't get to pick which kingdom that you're a part of. You're oh. always the same guy, but you get to. You're like at the end of chapter two. You're like seconded to one of the two other kingdoms. Right. Okay, I got you. But but you don't get to pick like that. And you get married. You you get a lovely wife. You're married to. A, That's yeah. pretty quick, straight in there. Yeah. Well, it starts with an arranged marriage. You see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's okay because she can fight as well. Any sign of any sort of like um, relationship building between the characters on your in your party? So. Uh, at, at some point, there is like a home camp that you can go to. Okay. And I assume at some point, it will be populated with party members who have conversations with each other. But not yet. Who? So is your party right now just you, your wife, and then a bunch of uh, No, you've, you, you've got a bunch of people, a bunch of people from like your court, your friends and so on, but they're not yet appearing at your home camp. I'm assuming at some point, you'll go off on an adventure together or like politics will happen. Yeah. But we will see. Basically... Uh, I'd recommend downloading the demo if you're interested because it's free. But I'm I'm tentative. Yeah. I don't know. I I this needs to open up in the third chapter of the demo because otherwise I'm going to be really put off. Absolutely, like that, that's the like I I the, like the demo's supposed to sell it to me, and I need some gameplay. I like turn-based strategy games. I really like Fire Emblem. Um, but again, it has to really grab me for me to like stick with them. Like it's it, the, the, the turn-based strategy game games I like are few up. and far between. Yeah, you know. If the game does open up, I think I might praise Capcom for the the foresight to front re release the story for you to get through ahead of the actual release date, <laughs> and then you <laughs> can just like get on with the game. But if it maybe not, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. The uh, last did I say Capcom? I assume it's Capcom. No, it's Square Enix. It's not Capcom. It's Square Enix. That's yeah. one. The last turn-based strategy game I really liked was uh, that Gears of War one. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. 
That's more XCOM-y, though, isn't it? As opposed to... Like... Yeah. Po- Pokemon Legends, I'll say Pokemon Legends. That was slightly boring me a bit with the amount of story in like the first... There's a lot, isn't there? It's certainly, there there's yeah. a lot to get through. Um, they, yeah. Those characters talk a lot. That The opening of that game is slow. But then it, yes, once, I, well, I think I once you're... The... Once yeah. you sort of let out into the world a little bit, it it it, it like the first ninety minutes are a bit slow. Yeah, as and Pokemon yeah. games tend to be, to be honest, mm. they couldn't get rid of that apparently. Um, anyway, it's, that's Triangle Strategy Demo tentative. Tentative. The other game, other indie game I've been playing is a game called Grapple Dog. This is a true true indie. Um, in that it's uh, developed by one guy, and it wasn't even meant to be coming for. It was originally just going to be on Steam. And he got us some last-minute publishing funding, I believe, uh, which allowed him to put it out onto Switch as well. So we're playing it onto Switch. It is maybe... Scott, how many GBA platformers did you play? Uh, I didn't have any platformers for GBA. You didn't have any platformers for GBA? Okay. okay, well, this is maybe the best GBA platformer never made. In that it feels like a GBA platformer which has been released in, in modern times. It's got, a, it's got a cr- incredible pixel art, aesthetic... It's got some fun sort of like Sonic-like music. And then it feels like an amalgamation of all the recent great platformers. Like there's a bit of Rayman Origins in there. There's some Donkey Kong Country. There's some... There's a, he's, a, you play basically play this dog called Pablo. He's got a grappling hook like in Bionic Commando. And he swings across the platforming levels with that hook. And the platform is all designed around you using that hook and like using your little bounce moves to bounce off of enemies and, and hook his ways across the levels. And it is just... You know when a game is just good? Like, it's just like... There's, there's not loads to say about it, because if you've played a platformer, you've, you've kind of played this game. It's, it's, it's every other platformer that exists. But, like... like Firing on all cylinders of all that. Like, taking taking good parts of loads of other platformers and mashing them together into this this just really great one. You know? Um, it's really nice. It's really pleasant. It's really fun to play. It's eleven pounds on Switch. I'm having a really good time with it. It's 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 hard to think of what to say about it because it's just like a good platformer, and sometimes that's all you need. I I, yeah. I realized recently that's that cool. platformers used to be my favorite game genre. Like I re- I used to, especially when I was younger. I really loved platformers. I had loads of platformers for GBA. And then I feel like they don't make many anymore. Like they make you make the odd three D platform where you get like your Mario, your Ratchet and Clank, your your action platformers. But in terms of like just sort of straight up dedicated side scrolling platformers, what was the last one you played? Yeah, wait. I guess it would have been um, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Yeah, yeah. The Donkey Kong Country games and Ukulele yeah. Impossible Lair. So you've got those two. You've got. New Super Mario Bros. U, which was released for the Wii U and then re-released for Switch. And you've got some indie games, but nothing that really like yeah. stands out, I don't weird think. To, weird to think there was a time when there were like dozens of platformers released a year. Maybe not dozens, but like there were Decent like number. several big several big like platformers were like FPS games. I mean, even FPS games now, like platformers were like battle royales. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but there were loads of platformers. Every platformers was like the genre yeah. that was coming out all the time, and now it just doesn't really happen. So Grapple Dog feels like a a a throw, not like a throwback, while also like just bringing everything together, like a celebration of platformers. Really, um, it's it's a lot of fun. 
It looks great. The levels are really well designed. It's got some great music. Uh, I just, I, I really, really, really like it. Um, I was, I knew I was going to like it. I've been following the development of it for a, about a year now, but the actual release of it, I just, I'm just having a, a really great time. It's just nice to be playing a platformer that is just a platformer again. There's no, there's no like RPG bullshit chucked in there. You're not leveling your character up or anything. You don't get extra things as you go along. Like the levels change. To, like you make use of your environment in different ways, like a good Mario game does. But in terms of like what you do in the game, that is consistent from start to finish. Like the way you control your character consistent from start to finish, and it's just nice to play something that's just a straight platformer again. Uh, so I'd recommend that if you're in the, ever in the mood for a platformer, Grapple Dog, I would say, it's twelve quid on Switch, eleven pounds on Switch, whatever it ends nice. up being. Um, it's a it's a good one of those, and I would highly recommend it. You've watched a film? I've watched a film. This isn't really nerd and or geeky, but this is uh, uh, related to something we were discussing earlier. It's related to the royal family. I love that. Spencer. This is the This movie. is the um, Kirsten Stewart? Kirsten Stewart plays Diana Spencer. I heard Princess she does good. Yeah, it was great performance. She deserved that Oscar nomination for Best Actress. Damn. She, uh, she deserved it. Great performance. Uh, so... Uh, this is a movie about the least bad royal, which is still bad, but least bad royal, um, <laughs> Diana Spencer. Uh, and basically, it is um, the plot is Princess Diana spends Christmas 1991 with the royal family uh, while her marriage to Charles is like basically kind of ending. Okay. Uh, but it's shot like a horror film. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> okay. So ba- basically... The message is the royals are a bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah. And being trapped with them in like this like estate over Christmas is basically like a hot like a psychological horror. I love that. Yeah, it's um it's really good. I would recommend Spencer actually. Di- Diana her marriage is breaking down. She sees visions of Anne Boleyn, another royal wife who was like executed. Oh, uh so wrong day, she's like trapped. Uh, you know, all those kind of themes. Timothy Spall is in this. Timothy Spall. We don't see never, much of Timothy Spall anymore. I never, never thought, I never thought I would want any, I'd never knew this before, but I wanted nothing more than to see Timothy Spall act alongside Kirsten Stewart. And he does. Is he good? He's of course brilliant. he's good. He's Timothy Spall. He plays like the security, like the royal security guard, like ex-army man. who's like the queen's like informing man. Uh Yeah. Excellent. Lost a lot of weight, Timothy Spall. Yeah, I thought I've just looked at a picture of him from recently. And yeah, he's, he has lost a lot of weight. Um, I feel like it's just been a while since we've yeah saw him, yeah seen him in much. Uh, oh. What did he do before this? You had he's done things. He played Ellis Lowry and Mrs. Lowry in something in 2019. All right. uh, if you have any knowledge of like minor royals, they're all in this movie. Okay, so not it's a, not as for themselves. It's a real sort of <laughs> Easter egg. Hunt for the for, uh, for people with for like knowledge. these if you like the tracking these weirdos um yeah it's it's just very like Kirsten Stewart kind of carries she's the main performance and she does a really good job of like portraying this woman uh basically in kind of turmoil because she's trapped with these horrible people and all their bizarre traditions like monitoring her apparently it is a royal tradition when you go to the, the queens of christmas you have to weigh yourself on the way in and if you have to gain at least three pounds over christmas to show you enjoyed yourself what the fuck that's weird and humiliating that's weird as hell the royals yep. are just a bunch of weirdos 
They, they are a bunch of weirdos. Um, like, I suppose that's what happens when you spend your life being told that you are somewhere between God and the average person, right? Yes, and you're just very wealthy as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you get to go to pedo islands, allegedly. Allegedly. And no one, no one, you'll never see justice, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, we were saying Kristen Stewart wrong. It's Kristen Stewart, not Kirsten Stewart. My bad. I, I, that was my thought. I started it. You know, she, if you told me 10 years ago that Robert Patterson and Kristen Stewart would be incredibly well-respected character actors. They're great. As they're, like, Greg, anytime, they're great actors. Anytime I hear anything from them as well, I'm like, it makes me like them more. And maybe that's by maybe, design. Maybe but... in 10 years, Tom Holland will be doing some really great roles. He needs Who it. Knows? Maybe that's what everyone <laughs> needs to Everyone needs to do their sort of like overdone what like teen movies. Uh, and and but where it shoots them to fame so that they can do their crazy later stuff. I mean, Robert Pattinson playing Batman. I have no interest in seeing that movie. Yeah. I have every interest in every interview he's doing about that movie. Uh, you know, it, different. This is a bugbear of mine, right? I was going to make a joke about Tom Holland, but like, do you remember around the time that Inception came out? Uh, and then there, there were loads of photos of like near. It was going around like social media, especially like Facebook. People would like post photos and be like, "Oh my God, Leonardo DiCaprio! He looks so different than he did in Titanic. Look at how much weight he's gained." And I'm like, "He he gained weight for that role, okay? He's meant to be playing <laughs> yeah. like a a depressed man who's like let himself go. Yeah, if that's not if that's not how he looks all the time. I he, mean, he gained weight for that role. I mean, he's been playing a lot of those recently, so <laughs> maybe it's just what he looks like all the time now. Yeah, so um, I know, I know the feeling, mate. <laughs> but uh, anyway, maybe Tom Holland will let himself go in ten years and be like a good character actor. He deserves not, it. Not suggesting that Kristen Stewart has let herself go, and also the concept of letting yourself go is a bit terrible as well. But anyway. Great character actress, it turns out, deserve that Oscar nomination. And Spencer, it was a very compelling little film. Uh, I would recommend if you like psychological horrors about the royal family. I don't know if I do because I don't think I've ever seen one, but I would certainly give it it's, a go. It's not like scary, like it's not horror in that something that's like going to jump. Out. Oh no, give but me, it, give me just. I just never, I've never seen a psychological horror set around the royal but, family. Yes, but it, it goes hard on. It's incredibly stifling to be live in this situation. Is it the start of the royal cinematic universe? Uh, that's just the media, isn't it? I yeah. do like that, that they do very strongly imply at the end of a movie that Christmas 1991 was the point at which the Queen allegedly started plotting to kill Diana. Love that. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> what do, don't, don't spoil it. I, I think this is one of the movies where we probably shouldn't spoil it, even yeah. though we do. Have I, I, I mean, it's actual. It actually happens. Like if you're, you, I can't spoil like the story of Princess Diana. She is happening in real life. <laughs> I've not. And she's far and, in the news and, yet. And and she's still queen today. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I've not got that far yet. <laughs> Shame on you. I've been watching a TV series. Again, yeah. another non-anime TV series. I was going to talk about anime this podcast, and I changed my mind at the last minute. Uh, have you heard of... I was going to talk about anime this podcast. What were you going to talk about with anime? I, I was going to talk about Ranking of Kings. But oh, it's so good, episodes. Scott. I've, I've not watched enough episodes to properly assess it. Oh, it good, yes. man. I love Ranking of Kings so much. Um, 
Sorry, we, we, I watched an episode before this podcast, actually. So. Oh, nice. Uh, also, just to chuck it out there, Odd Taxi, my favourite anime from last year, it's dub started this week. So if you're someone who wants to exclusively watch animes in dub forms, watch Odd Taxi, because it's one of the best shows I've ever watched in my entire life. Uh, How To uh, With John that Wilson... That was our quickfire yeah, anime. Reviews. Anime. Pew! Pew, 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 uh, pew, pew. <laughs> How To With John Wilson is a comedy documentary series set in new york done done by this this guy called john wilson um and he doesn't he hosts it but he's always behind the camera so it's like a first person documentary uh where he's just talking over everything that he films um and every episode sort of follows a quote-unquote how-to guide which very quickly goes off the rails into some other sort of like completely unexpected uh areas uh, it's uh, but it's also a love letter to new york in general like every episode opens with hey new york have you ever done xyz blah blah blah, blah. and then it goes into that from there and then ends with like goodbye new york thanks for watching i've been john wilson uh and it is some of the just most interesting documentary stuff like, on top of being very funny like he'll he will he will use the things he films as metaphors for what he's talking about. Um, and it's usually like really like mon- mundane things. Like he's filming like a bad bag of bread that's like hung up on a, on a, on a train for whatever reason, or like a dead rat in the ground or just some, some people making out on a bench. And when he's talking over it, that then stuff then takes on a whole new meaning. Uh, but what's, what's especially interesting is just the tangents of where these, these documentaries or these, these episodes go. Um, there's one, where he's trying to figure out how to be spontaneous. And in doing this, he sort of like spontaneously goes to a comic shop. He meets someone who's buying an Avatar comic book. You know Avatar, the the James Cameron movie? Yes. Someone's buying a comic book of that. So he gets talking to them about it. And then they say, oh, there's this Avatar group meetup, which he then goes to. And he just meets these nerds who are like obsessed with the movie avatar and what starts off as like a this could be funny instead becomes a very poignant look into these people who have got something which connects them all together and it's for some of them has like completely changed their life of like love finding this movie getting obsessed with it but then being drawn into this other little community as a result of that and he just sort of lets these people Everyone he like talks to, everyone he gets involved in. Like some some people are absolute weirdos, but sometimes you get moments like this, and they all take center stage in this story that he is just sort of like letting unfold in front of him. And it's it's it is both a very funny, but also at times a very touching documentary show. Um, and yeah, I've I've had a really good time watching it. My my, my partner started watching it with me, and it starts. It's produced by Nathan Fielder. Who did Nathan for you? I don't know if you've oh, seen fuck. that. Yeah, um, I fucking love Nathan for you. Yeah, I, why have we never talked about Nathan, Nathan for you? Is amazing as well, by the way. But it's well, got... have, wait, it's been literally years and we've never talked about Nathan for you. What? I'm, su- I'm surprised by that. I didn't Excuse know you'd me? watched it. Yeah, it's, that's. Uh, I watched all of that last, all of Nathan for you last year, um, and you never told me. About I never it. mentioned it. Uh, oh you, believe it or not, there are things on this podcast that the things I mentioned on this podcast are ha- get that one to yourself. Hand picked things I want to talk about. Sometimes I have things just for me as well. Uh, so if you think Did I you do a lot Finding of stuff Francis? which I talk about on this podcast, did I what? Sorry, did you watch Finding Francis? Yeah, so good. Oh, Christ. Right, is, anyway, uh, yeah. You- 
So it's produced, well, it's, it's produced by Nathan Fielder. So it's within that wheelhouse of sort of like awkward exchanges. Like it's one of those things where he he will meet like absolute weirdos, but they they will do it. And like it's not like he's just making fun of them. He's just filming them and giving them enough rope to talk about. Talk, like I feel like with Nathan for you, you get some very cringe worthy like moments. But it's usually caused by the other person. Like you, you're just giving them enough time for them to say whatever they want, and they will, they will just put their foot in it. And so you definitely get moments of that in this. But also you get the genuine. It's a, it's a lot more subdued, a lot calmer, a lot more sort of like grounded than Nathan for you because John Wilson's not like in front of the camera. He's not trying to guide a lot of this stuff. He's just a a guy following a story from beat to beat to beat, unintentionally. And then just filming and sort of crafting it after the fact, and it's, it is it is very very good. How to a John Wilson is fantastic. Um, it is not, similar to Peacemaker from last week's or last last episode. It's not streaming in the UK, uh, and so you would have to find it somewhere on the internet in order to watch it. But if you found this podcast, you could probably find where to watch something on the internet. I believe in you. Um, yeah, How to a John Wilson two two seasons. HBO, just been renewed for season three. Highly recommended. Uh, did you want to chuck anything about Nathan Few in here? Nah, it's fine. We can. We'll That's talk- all on Amazon Prime later. now, by the way. We'll Nathan talk Few. about this later. <laughs> yeah, I know it's all on Amazon Prime. Can't believe you. But you. I'm shocked. We, every two weeks. Every two weeks, man. Just. I know. Fuck it. You've never you. mentioned it either. Just, 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 just I thought you were my friend. This isn't, this isn't just, just on just me. <laughs> Can't believe you think you know a guy. <laughs> you think you know a guy. <laughs> um, let's go on to the news then. How about that? Anything else you yeah. want to talk about before we go on to the news? Uh, anything else you're hiding from me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, me and your mum, we... Um, oh, well. Futurama. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Futurama is back, Scott. Futurama's coming Please back stop. again. He's already dead. Futurama's coming back, Scott. It's been revived by Hulu. Are you excited? Uh, the, the revived Futurama had its moments. Yeah. Apart from the last season. The last episode was really good. Um, Alright. So, may- maybe. So, it's got the original writing staff. Uh, it's also got the original cast. But... And there is a big but here. They have not got John DiMaggio on board yet. Oh. Uh, so John DiMaggio, of course, the voice of Bender, is currently not on board to voice or attached to voice Bender again just yet. Uh, he has been tweeting a lot about it. He wants to come back to voice Bender. He does not feel they are paying him and the rest of the cast enough considering the size of the show. And so he's making a stand to try and get more money uh, and to not be taken advantage of by Hollywood, essentially, who will often treat yeah. voice actors with that, disdain. That is fair enough, especially when the show is entering, like, it's, what, 10th season? Exactly, yeah. This is a show which, like, people are clearly reviving it to try and get, like, a, uh, a Hulu to get, like, a um, a big sort of, like, get that nerd following across to them, you know, get... This this is a show that's been revived to try and score a demographic points, and so the idea of like not wanting to pay the voice actors 
what, well, what, what, clearly what John DiMaggio feels that they are all owed, and he has very explicitly said, to be clear, I'm asking for more money for all of us. I don't, I don't care that the rest of them have accepted it and are on board. I just, I still don't think it's fair. Um, yeah, he is, he is very much making those, uh, making that stand, and he's currently not, not going to be voicing Bender. Um, and they have, they have been holding auditions for a sound alike. Wow. Well, well, do you think culture peaked in like 2000? Because we only seem to make remakes of shows from about that time. Well, that's where we're at now. Don't forget, like, uh, 10 years ago, we were making exclusively oh, remakes of 80s. 80s. Oh, fuck. Uh, so and culture definitely didn't peak in the 80s. That was the worst time for exactly. culture. We've just reached the point where those of us who grew up in the 90s, 2000s, we're the ones being tapped to have our money taken at this point. I think the side effect of the 80s nostalgia wave is I'm now, like, massively anti-80s. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a <laughs> and lot if of... You've... And if you have any nostalgia for the 80s, fuck you. Is is Hulu even available in the UK? I think it'll be done on a different thing, or it might All be right. another one of those shows where you just have mm-hmm. to find it. If you decide to watch it, I just couldn't... I don't care if all the other characters are back. The idea of not having the actual voice of Bender back actually... actually is a big deal. Like I get that like, you could recast it, but that's there is so much that John DiMaggio put into that that I just don't know if someone else could do that or whether anyone else should do that. Like what we're we doing here, if you don't, if you're not going to pay your people enough to get the actual like the the iconic character in Futurama back, I don't, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, so we'll see more of that as it develops. 20 new episodes of Futurama they've, they've ordered. That's quite a few. Whole new season. Nintendo Direct. I know we don't usually do yeah. the whole like Direct thing on this podcast, but this was a weird one, and I wanted to talk about it. All right. Well, what do you think was weird about it? Um, well, one, they announced like a load of just like a scattergun of like remakes or remasters of old games so you've uh, got apparently something that nintendo's really into right now is remakes of old jrpgs from the snes era yeah i mean that those, they, some they, of those are coming out to it. like multiple consoles but like nintendo are very much leading the four with that stuff and all stuff that you've never heard of unless you're i guess i'm sure someone out there's like you've never heard of uh whatever Li- live a live I, alive I, 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 I don't i don't want to make up like a japanese name because no live live alive is the is the live alive live alive live alive live alive was the most um most notable of them that looked all right but just like a bunch of games that i i've never heard of i guess if you were like a big jrpg fan and you were monitoring all stuff that like never came out in the west so you have to be like a big jrpg fan i'm so glad they're re-releasing klonoa Klonoa, we all know Klonoa, don't we? We all love Klonoa and Klonoa 2, the classic daughter of Phantom um, Isle or Lunatea's Vale. I recognise Klonoa, I recognise the character. I would have probably seen it in a magazine at some point. Front Mission and Front Mission 2. Classic games. Chrono, I've heard of Chrono Trigger. I've not really heard much about Chrono Cross, but that, I mean, these games, some of them look real bad as well. Like Chrono but Cross if, is an up-res of a PS1 game, it doesn't look very good. But if if you love JRPGs from like the mid nineties, you're this is your golden moment, boy. What if you love the Wii version of Star Wars: The Force Unleashed? Well, um, I guess you've got you that as well. Switch. You've yeah. also got that coming. Um, 
I can't wait for Star Wars The Force Unleashed 2, a game that had force-resistant enemies. So you're playing a game where the force is, in fact, not unleashed. <laughs> like, they're not even doing the 360 version, though, either. They're doing the Wii version of the force unleashed. The Wii version, yeah. I just, I just don't know where they, like... For me, what what this what a lot of what this direct has, and we'll go through some of the other stuff which is which is from it, but I don't think Nintendo know what they want to do with the Switch right now. It feels like they've it, like they've realised with a semiconductor shortage and everything, we probably have to extend the Switch's life cycle in some capacity because we and can't. And the Switch is doing really well as well. It's also doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's performing above expectation. Yes, so. but I mean, it's feeling its age. Like you can't do. I don't imagine they're pushing it's for gonna many, like... It's going to be five years old this year. Yeah, but I feel like it's really feeling it, you know? Like, it's... We talked about it a number of times where I feel like the Switch, it feels like a, it feels like they've been stretching what the Switch is capable of for about two years at this point. But we probably... I mean, so this is one thing we'll get into. They've announced that they've got DLC for Mario Kart Switch through to um, the end of 2023. Yeah. So that's, that's at least another... Basically two years at this point that the Switch is definitely going to be around for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess... So prob- I, what do if you- there's a new Nintendo console, it's probably 2024 at the earliest. So you've got to imagine they're not, tr- like, they're not going to be designing... Like the Switch is already being stretched pretty thin as it is right now. I don't see them designing some of their, like, their next big Mario game, for example, as being a Switch game. And so they're probably looking at stopgap measures of what do we do to keep this console interesting for the next two years. And the answer for that, I guess, is these old JRPGs, Portal 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah. Also, can I point out, they, they seem to have a real... They're on a real kick of porting old Star Wars games to... Yeah! Switch. But, but, no Dark Forces. Both Doom and Duke Nukem 3D found its way to the Switch, but they've not ported Dark Forces from the is same time. Is Duke Nukem 3D on it? Duke Nukem, I, yeah, it is. Duke Nukem 3D is on it. Damn, okay, I might, I might get that. Uh, but yeah, no, no Dark Forces. Why? That's Jedi Knight quite... Two is on there. Yeah, but no Dark Forces. It's it's Sad. it's odd. The 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 scattergun approach they've got to um, it, it is just a bunch of and I get minor it, it might not just it's not just it's not specifically Nintendo doing this because obviously these are all coming from other companies, yeah. but it's such a it's like such a it's, it, when it when it's happening across companies. Like across third parties, it does feel like Nintendo's doing some sort of like reaching out to them yeah. to say, "Hey, what well, can I, you give I, us? I do think as well. It's the case of like, okay, so the Switch is feeling its age, but also no one can really buy a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. So if you so release your, out, your let's put if out you release your game. big new game, yeah, because because that's basically like, and I think Sony announced that like. Games are going to come out for the PS4 for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> prior it, to the PS5 uh, launch, they were like, we believe in generations. And then like yeah. the semiconductor shortage happened. They were like, did we say we believe in generations? What we meant was we believe in generations and that everything yeah. should be played everywhere. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. If you're a company like thinking up a big, big release, you, you're probably not aiming for like this year, really, no. at this point. No, you're not. Um, and Apart, I mean, bottom lines will get you, right? So obviously at some point, the publisher's going to want to put them out. But if you can wait, like if you have the power to wait, you you would wait. Chuck out some point. chuck out some old games onto the Switch where you know that it'll, like, it will sell enough copies from just from sort of general nostalgia of people who have a Switch. Oh, I can play fucking 
Assassin's Creed the Ezio collect Assassin's Creed yeah. two on Switch now. Great, okay. I'll buy that. Why yeah. not? That's know? another thing. That's another thing I noted from this direct is a lot of re-releases of games from ten to fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really is bizarre. It's like such an odd approach. But then you look at like games releasing from like this year. So that MLB the show that looks like dog shit. Well, but that okay. So can I point out? A whole section in that direct that's like dedicated to like baseball game, and I fucking know nothing about baseball. Uh, I I don't know who the baseballer they had on was. I'm sure if you're a baseball fan, maybe it was really exciting. I don't know anything about baseball, and it looked bad. It looked quite bad, yeah. You know, like it's you've got situations where they're forcing games onto Switch, and they just look bad. You just like this. This shouldn't be on here. You can make games look nice on Switch when they're designed specifically for it, but just I think we're beyond the point of like putting Doom on it. Pretty cool. I, I that's maybe the pinnacle of like the Switch ports, to be honest, in terms of like getting this high end other console game running on it. But now it's just like mm. I don't know what we're doing, man. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. Some uh, Mario, Mario Strikers. Yeah, cool. some genuine surprises. So I'm actually excited for Mario Strikers. I'm a big fan of uh, Mario Strikers for the GameCube. I don't. Th- are we gonna have? Are we gonna play an online league together, Cal? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's, let's get a Mario Strikers Battle League going. Um, yeah, that looks really cool. I, again, it's very stylistic, which I think helps for the Switch. Uh, you've got the Mario Kart DLC announced. That that was All one right, of the so big ones. This is this is actually the biggest one, and and specifically the the announcement. So there's going to be a, a new set of DLC for Mario Kart 8. Quote-unquote new. One. New. Uh, it's basically 48 additional courses, which are all remakes of like previous courses from older games. Yeah. Um, but 48 new courses. So it is like a whole That's game a lot of, like the ga- of games. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think, originally launched. Because, no, not Mario talked- Deluxe, sorry. Mario Kart 8 for yeah. Wii U, I think, originally launched with like less than 40 yeah. courses. So, so we talked last, last time about for potential Mario Kart 9, but it looks like Nintendo, uh, for it looks like the speculators were wrong. Nintendo might not be working on Mario Kart 9. Yeah. They just decided to make a whole other game within Mario Kart 8. Well, if they are working on Mario Kart 9, it's definitely not on the Switch. No, and, right? well, and also, so they have announced, and they've said that this will, this DLC will go through to the end of 2023. Yeah. So for at least the next like two years, that sorted, and it's actually put me in the mind. Maybe I should just believe I'll buy Mario Kart Eight for Switch. Like good it's game. not like good game. It's, it's a, a good, good game. game. I had I had it on Wii U. I've not bought it for Switch just because I I didn't see. I was like, well, they'll bring out a new one eventually. But I guess they won't. I guess no. this is it. If you and, want Mario Kart on Switch, I, it's I'm this. on your I'm on your plan now. I'm on your premium plan. Yeah, which means that um I I get the DLC for free. You know what? This DLC this being added to the to that extra premium plan. I think makes it worth it. Like uh, they, they are you've got the Animal Crossing DL- like DLC, you've got this Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 48 new tracks DLC. Like you've got the N64 and, it, and whatever, you it, know, it but... makes it makes it worth it Asterix, if you already own those games. Yes. I'm not I'm not yeah. sure it would be worth it if you you wouldn't buy Mario Kart 8 just to take advantage of a free You're DLC probably like one of the few people who free. don't own Mario Kart 8 though yeah, on Switch. True. Like it's so I I think this con- they are shoving content into that premium pass. And this definitely is more worthwhile than those fucking emulators. But yeah, of course. There we go. I mean, 
the thing is, though, I think similarly to Smash Bros. Ultimate, you're going to have, like, 90-odd courses, like, close to 100 courses in Mario Kart 8 by the time this is done, right? With a Mario Kart 9, there's no way you have that many courses at launch. Like, yeah, what, what and, and it do seems like Nintendo has kind of resigned themselves to that fact and said, like, it's just Mario Kart 8 forever. But you know, but so like like Smash the next Smash Brothers, which you, which has to happen at some point because these these franchises are massive. They called it Ultimate Cow. Ultimate I know, Spinal. <laughs> but and then they brought out DLC for it. But these you've got to imagine like the next versions have to be scaled back in some form. So what does that look like, and how do you do that in a way that doesn't make it feel like you're just getting less than what you've already yeah. got? I f- I think it will be tough. It's dangerous. Uh, I think it's Nite- dangerous territory. Nintendo has some real work. Because the, well, the alternative Cal. is you just port the game over, and then we've had Mario Kart 8 for three console generations. Which is not well, the worst thing in the world, because it's a good game. Speaking of Nintendo offering less value, do you want to like slide into the other news story, where the 3DS and Wii U shops are closing? Well, so I just want to see if there's anything... Oh, oh I just want, uh, Anything else in this direct? Kirby still looks very good. Earthbound's coming to Switch, which is pretty cool. Um, Disney Pixar is also having a kart racing game. No Man's Sky looks good. Uh, maybe I'll get into Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Um, Formula Warriors. Oh, Nintendo Switch Sports. Yeah, pretty cool. Bring back Wii Sports. I'm into that. So yeah, yeah, that's sure. Why not? The other news story then for Nintendo this week. Um, <laughs> I don't. Nintendo is closing the 3DS and Wii U eShops in 2023 and has no plans to offer the content that was exclusive to those shops in other ways. So any of those like 3DS exclusive games like Dylan's Rolling Western, Pushmo, like a lot of like really genuinely good little side projects. Like people talk about new IPs from Nintendo. The 3DS had tons of them and they're just going to be gone. Gone. Yeah. It's like when they did it with the Wii a few years ago, that was still bad, but it didn't feel like as much of a loss as this does, which I don't know where they, I don't know where they get off with this man. I don't. Yeah. And they, they released a statement being just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Basically download them now uh, because yeah, they're going to be gone. Uh, What's, what do you think about this? Uh, I've this we've been over we've discussed this before. Uh, it's another like in the long line of big companies don't care about game preservation and they will just screw you over if it suits their purposes, right? Like, yeah, basically Nintendo reached a FAQ with a statement of like. Uh, basically, the question the question they posed to themselves they is, posed to the, chose what, to post once it, once it is no, it, once it is no longer possible to purchase software on Nintendo eShop and Wii U or 3DS family systems, many classic games from past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic games available to own in some other way? If not, then why? Doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually making them available for purchase? This is a question they ask themselves. 
Across our Nintendo sys, I've what accent am I doing? Across our Nintendo online membership plans, over 130 classic games are currently available in growing libraries for various legacy systems. The games are often enhanced with new features. We think this is an effective way to make classic content easily available. Within these libraries, new and long-term players can not only find games they remember or have heard about, but other fun games. We currently have no plans to offer classic content in other ways. <laughs> but they've not answered the question. That, Especially that their own question that they posed. Yes. Yep. And then they, they, they've since removed that from the blog post. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they re- probably realised, oh, what the fuck are we saying here? This is ridiculous. Um, what I will say, a pro pros of, let's, let's say, separate to any of this, uh, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now making a new statement, Scott, separate to anything else we talked about in this podcast so far. Did you know it's really easy to hack your 3DS and Wii U? Really? Really easy to hack your uh, 3DS uh, and Wii U. Uh, in a way that does not damage them whatsoever. It's, I'm just putting it out there. You could Google it and you you will find a guide very easily. All you need is a, is a decent SD card. Just just a propose of nothing. A propose of nothing. Putting that out there. Something to think about. So I know what I'm doing my I know what I'm doing this weekend, put it that way. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to buy those games, we're back onto the we're back onto the subject now. Again, separate to what I just said about hacking. Uh if you want to buy those games or or obtain those games, uh you might want to get on that. You've got a year. Yeah. You, 2023 is when they're gonna be removing those. Although who knows if they suddenly decide to bring that forward. Because they could do. Yep. There's nothing for, to say. If they that, have all the control. They have all the control. It's a shame for for a company that almost survives a lot of the time on nostalgia for previous games. Like, I, I, there's not been a single Mario game where they've not made some reference to like a really old Mario game within it. The idea that they are so bad at preservation of games is just mind-boggling. And it's because they don't care. It's they just such an odd care. thing. Um, and they only care about what they can sell back to you. At least. But they can sell these back to us yeah, now. Yeah, they could. But... <laughs> you know? It's so bizarre. I, it, it's just, it's so frustrating. Because on the one hand, you're like, oh, they they do they good, do good stuff. The Nintendo game's really great, whatever. On the other hand, you're like, what the fuck, man? I'm never going to be able to play Pushmo again. What about that that uh, Game Freak Rhythm game? Yeah, no one remembers that. I've forgotten the name of it, but I, it was good. Yep, I, it was mixed, but yes. yeah, it was it was it was, it was it was interesting at the very least. It was a fun experiment that just yeah doesn't hmm hmm buy those carts as well i guess before they shoot up in price if you if you want to buy the physical copies of some of these games i guess so yeah get on those because once the digital is gone those are going to go there's your there's your share plan initiative (laughs) get some of those physical games um they did release (laughs) in sort of like to to try and make it feel a bit better about the fact they're doing this they released my nintendo 3ds and wii u memories uh, bring back your gaming memories i was about to say at least we'll always have memories at least we'll always have our memories um so have you managed to load up your memories for these i but... have i was doing that yeah frantically so a moment ago tell me let's look at the 3ds one first 
Yeah. Tell me your memories, Scott. What have you got here? What's your to- total play time on my 3DS? 443 hours. Okay, that's, that's across 51 titles. Does that surprise you? Um, my total play time is 1,067 hours, and I felt uh, yeah, like that was low. But, yeah, well, I but I didn't play. I'm not as much of a no, big know, game boy as you. But no, but I think that's a fair amount of time. I spent like kind of 200 days. Yeah, ten, no, true. wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, 10 days is 200. 20 days. Yeah. 20 days straight play my over several years that seems about right well how many times have you played 51 nice okay most most played animal crossing new leaf 59 hours very good pokemon x 42 hours that's a decent amount of time for pokemon x uh and legend of zelda ocarina of time 33 hours that's a decent number of times what were your favorite genres uh favorite genres rpg yep action yep adventure very cool uh mine so my total play time Total playtime, 1,067 hours. Titles played, 90. My most played software. So, 400 hours of these is across two games. Or, sorry, 450 hours of this 1,067. The equivalent of what you spent on your 3DS, I played across two games, Scott. Okay. Which was Pokemon Y, 233 hours. That's when I was playing it professionally. Well, not, you know, I was doing tournaments and things. So, I was like, I was like, trying to get the best team and whatnot. And Animal, Animal Crossing New Leaf, I spent 218 hours in. Then my third most played game after that. So 218 hours down to 57 hours for Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS. My favorite genre is apparently RPG, action, and adventure. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 shows up in both action and adventure, apparently. That's nice, isn't it? Mm. Um, so that's the 3DS memories. What about your Wii U memories? Now, I think I'm not sure if I had two different user accounts for Wii U because my Wii U broke at one point. Remember? And I had to like reset it. But this one is saying I played 150 hours. That's not Which true. seems low. Yeah, that seems yeah, low. Yeah, okay. So this, uh, this might be a bit broken. I'm sorry. But I like Super Mario 3D World and Mario Kart 8. You still like those games? Still, I still like those games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So maybe again. <laughs> uh, All so, right. So how many times you have played across these 100 old hours? Uh, 20, 22. Okay. So your most played software was Mario 3D World, Mario Kart 8. Was there a third one? Uh, I think it was actually um, Wii U Chat. The video chat. thing that we used to write our, pl- our yeah. scripts on. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Uh, I have 1,080 hours total playtime on my Wii U. My mo- oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably the highest player of a Wii U. Yeah, ever. I, I, th- I think mine is broken. Uh, my most played software was Netflix. <laughs> Netflix was high for me as well. 342 hours. <laughs> for a while, Wii U was my Netflix. was the only way I had to watch Netflix. And so that's mm-hmm. where we watched it. And so my... If we take away that, I'm actually looking at around 700-odd hours on the Wii U, so significantly less than the 3DS. Mm. Uh, so in my top game was Mario Kart 8 with 123 hours, and I've since then put another like 70 hours into it on Switch, uh, and Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate with 94 hours. My favourite Monster Hunter game. Real good. Uh, I don't. I wish it would show me... I wish I could scroll like more. I would love to see like a fully, a fully ranked list rather than just... Mm-hmm. Those three. It's at the bottom. It asks me for my most unforgettable game, and it recommends that I select Netflix, <laughs> which is very, very good to me. Um, that's the Wii U memories. Uh, it's it feel this feels really weird, man. Like the idea that that's just kind of done. 
Well, that because the 3DS was the first console I bought with my own money. Yeah, same. I, and that was wait, that was exactly ten years ago. Oh, Jesus! All right, because because ten years ago, right now, I was we were working at our mutual former employer that I bleeped out in the previous episode that we bleeped out. We can't name, but we probably could um, name it. Um, probably would be well, fine, probably, but that's not. I don't. I don't. I, but, yeah, our mutual former employer, um, a prominent local company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I remember because we were doing a little play, doing a play, that was good. And we would, uh, I just got the 3D, my first paycheck, I bought a 3DS with it. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, and we would go and walk to our rehearsal space every, twice a week and get Burger King. Yeah. Um, well, that was our life for a while. Was a- you were living with your old boss. <laughs> For a people bit. find it I was and talking about this the other day and people find it wild that I did that that was an 18 yeah. 18 what was I 19 you were 19 yeah 18 18 well, turning 19 I, I think across yeah. across my time at this company I started at 18 and I ended the company at the age of 20 I think um mm. yeah and I was living with a 27 year old my 27 year old boss which people find weird but I, I still don't think it's anything I think it's fine I just wanted to get out of home and he needed something to live with him. Who cares? Yeah. I'm looking through some of these um some of these games, you know, like, like my most unforgettable games and it's I'm I'm remembering certain things like the Wii U and 3DS had that I'd maybe forgotten about. Like, do you remember that NES remix game for the Wii U? Oh yeah. You've got you've got the Animal Crossing Plaza, which was just a place where a load of Animal Crossing villagers would hang out, like while they were designing the new Animal Crossing, which ended up coming to Switch in the end. Wii Sports Club, there was Wii Karaoke U, Amiibo Touch and Play Nintendo Classics Highlights. There's some wild, there's some weird stuff. Nintendo Land needs to come back at some point. Yeah, make, make a new Nintendo Land. God, please. make a new Nintendo Land. I was thinking about that today. What a great game. That's one franchise that they could bring back. I know it's, it's, I know it's sort of like cross-franchise, but God, that was, that, was a, that was a good time. In the 3DS, you got things like Theatrhythm, Final Fantasy... Animal Crossing happens. Steel Diver Sub Wars. Do you remember um, that Mario game that was like a rhythm? No, you like program little Mario robots. Uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong. I think that was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've, that was a great game. Um, Face Raiders, the that augmented reality thing for 3DS. Oh yeah. Blocks, something to do with blocks. Pull blocks is Pushmo. It's the same. Pull it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mario vs. Donkey Kong is what you're thinking of there. That Harmonite was the name of that. Um... Yep, Harmonite. <sighs> yeah. All this stuff just going to be gone. Also, a bunch of virtual console shit that they won't re-release. They will not re-release it, no. I'm looking through Especially my virtual console Game things stuff, here now. Like... Yoshi's Mario and Yoshi. <laughs> F-Zero Maximum Velocity. Nintendo has a really bad approach to game preservation. Really bad at emulation. Maybe worse than some other companies, to be honest. It's, yeah, actually, they're, they're, I think they're particularly bad because they do some of it, but then they do it so half-heartedly. Yeah, and they stop every gen. They start from scratch every generation. I that's what frustrated me about people saying about the Nintendo Switch online stuff. Um, people called it like a good start. Quote a good start. It's not a start. It's a They've restart been doing it for like yeah. for fifteen years. Yeah, they, they were emulating a sixty four on the Wii. It's it's not a start. No. <laughs> Nintendo Letterbox, me like Street Pass. 
Yeah, Silver Street Pass stuff. God. We've got a year, yeah. We've got a year to remember this stuff, but... Yes, but you can own... If there's anything that you wanted to buy and you haven't yet, you'll stop being being able to make purchases in, like, May 2022. So, no, uh, so you'll stop oh. being able to download anything. In oh, shit, I assumed you'd but, be able to download on... things forever, so you just not no. be able to download so, things. As of, no, so as of May 23rd, 2022, it will no longer be possible to use a credit card to add funds onto your account. So you won't be able to buy anything new on that eShop. That's why. So if there was anything on that WeShop, if there's any that WeShop, anything on that eShop that you never bought but you wanted to, you want to now, you you need to do it before May. And then... Um, I reckon they're just like, oh, we're not going to put any big new games. I mean, they've yep. got putting out quite a few games for Switch this year, but we've not got anything better. Let's quickly see if we can drain some money out of the old eShop e- e- stuff. <laughs> say say I mean, shutting down. Any- yeah, if you've got any old eShop cards, uh, you won't be able to add them onto your account after August 29th. Those are cross, so those work on Switch still. Okay. You can buy a 3DS eShop card, and that's fine. Yeah. They used to do 3D trailers for, this, for the 3DS, where you download the trailer that they put out on YouTube, but it'd be in 3D. Oh, cow, the Cat Mario Show. The Cat Mario Show. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. What a console. Um, That's a shame. Speaking of shames... Uh, Bobby Kotick. Ah, oh, who would have thought that Bobby Kotick, the most overpaid CEO in America and purveyor of abuse, would be up to something bad? Uh, so who, who would have thought? It turns out that Activision CEO Bobby Kotick, this comes from CNBC, who've done like a deep dive into this stuff. Uh, he has a second secret company, which only villains would ever have, uh, <laughs> that spent big money to back the GOP campaign. So that's the Republican oh Party. Um, Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a billionaire would vote for a bad politician? The company. And give them a lot of money. Which is known as Norgate LLC. I don't know what they're meant to actually be doing. Uh, so- sounds like Oscorp. Yeah, yeah. Contributed $500,000 through two separate checks to the Senate Leadership Fund during the 2020 election cycle. So that's to Trump's fund specifically, essentially. And he's got a third company. Yeah, another... 807-080-A LLC. Which should give him which big, also give big, big donations. donations to the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to raise this because it's just another sort of nail in the coffin of just what a bad dude this guy is. But fucking hell. If it didn't get through to you already, yeah. fuck him. <laughs> it's, it's specifically supporting like... That 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 second that third second company you mentioned, uh, their donation was to the pro McCormick outside group. I don't know who McCormick, Dave McCormick, uh, who's a former Bridgewater CEO, uh, <laughs> running for Pennsylvania Senate seat in a GOP primary. Jesus Christ! Right. You know what? I'm gonna say it. Bobby Kotick, worse than the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> would would, ra- would rather spend Christmas with a royal family than spend any time with Bobby Cotter. Even Prince Andrew. <laughs> At least you'd have something to talk about. <laughs> table, wouldn't you? Yeah, Bobby Cotter. I can guarantee only talks about money, and I bet he smells of coins. Just putting it out there. <laughs> well, of coppers. Yeah, he just smells. I bet he just smells of coppers. That's my. That would be my guess. Uh, it doesn't matter what deodorant or aftershave he puts on. Smell of coppers come on through, allegedly. Uh, by me. <laughs> but that's not the only big uh, company doing some really weird shit with their money, Scott, right now. Oh, yeah? What else is happening? You know, like, Disney adults who make their life all about Disney? 
Yeah. Imagine if they had a place where they could live. Well, <laughs> oh, you buy a house in Disney. No, it's... you can live in like a corporate park. Disney's announced something called Story Living by Disney. It's a new business to develop actual residential communities. So this isn't a holiday destination. This is a house, a home where you live for for your life. Um, for, for your life. And you can live in Disney, basically. You can live in this Disney location. Uh, I'm, I'm looking together. at this article. This is the Disney Parks blog. I have some big news to share as more fans look for new ways to make Disney a bigger part of their life. Which is dystopian as fuck on its own (laughs) for what it's worth. Oh, right. So um, there we're announcing plans to introduce story living by Disney. Vibrant new neighborhoods that are infused with our special brand of magic. Each community will feature distinctively designed spaces, unique amenities and Disney's brand of world-renowned service. These master-planned new home communities are intended to inspire residents to foster new friendships, pursue their interests, and write the next exciting chapter in their lives, all, right. all while enjoying the attention to detail and special touches that are Disney hallmarks. What the fuck? So they, so, so they note that some, they'll have 55-plus areas as well, if you're old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, apparently... Disney cast members yep. will operate the community association. So, like Mickey Mouse is gonna. <laughs> you just have people who like... live in your neighbourhoods who are who are cast just members. cast members of it. There's the it, mouse house true. over there. Old Mickey Mouse is gonna come out twice a day and, and give everyone a hug. And and like live perform. This is just the Truman Show. This is just the plot it's of the fucking show. wild. It is absolutely nuts. Uh, and time I do... for your wellness programming, right? I do not understand. You don't get Warner Brothers adults, do you, Scott? You don't get like no, you people don't. going, oh, I wish I could make Looney Tunes a bigger part of my life. <laughs> where did, how did Disney reach this level where like they know there are people who will be like, yeah, I want to literally live a Disney life where my house... In a, company, based in a literal company town. Yeah! Like, I don't get it. What is it about Disney that that separates them and allows them to do this sort of thing? How have they entrenched themselves so much in the like personality sector of people's brains mm-hmm. where like that's that's something which they want to ba- actually base their life around? Imagine being one of the cast members who like lives in that community and you have to be in character. The thing is all the time. I can guarantee the cast members like the the help uh, will be looked down upon the people who actually live there. You know, mm. like Disney, Disney, Disney adults do not live and breathe the messages of those films. They, the people dressed in the Mickey Mouse costume are not going to be like their houses will be on like, the very outskirts and probably be pelted with rocks at night. <laughs> Just this material contains general information about future proposed community plans, which are subject to change or cancellation at any time without no crate. Imagine uh, club membership, programming, and access and use of future proposed amenities and offerings will require the payment of dues and or fees and be subject to additional terms and conditions, which will be set by the owner of the club. Owner of the club? <laughs> yeah. Do they... Do, I mean, what's to say you join this housing community and then, like, ten years in, Disney decide, actually, we don't want to run this anymore. Let's sell it to someone else. Yeah. A- availability of club membership and operation of club facilities are not guaranteed. Fucking hell. That would hurt if you paid up to live in Disney living community and you didn't even get into Disney Club. Yeah. 
Like, what sort of, like, it says, like, this is all subject to terms and conditions for, like, your house, like, the place you live. Yeah. Is it, like, you've got to be smiling when you're outside? There's cameras looking at us all the time. You better be smiling. I, I, I put in, like, my Looney Tune DVDs and it's, like, <laughs> illegal media detected, a, 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 a kill squad, in a, 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 cast, a, a squad of uh, lethal cast members is on its way to your house. <laughs> And like a bunch of stormtroopers burst in, and they like shoot you with real guns. But you're like, oh my god, it's we, just like I'm y- great. Yeah, from yeah, yeah, you love it. You're like, you're like yeah, this is you love it. I deserve this. All hail <laughs> Disney. We joke, but that is legitimately like the direction this sort of stuff can go. It's like we've got these communities now. When you're in this community, you have to abide by community rules, and those rules are all Disney all the time. Thankfully, that leaves you open to a lot of things because Disney owns a lot of shit. So maybe you'll be yeah, all right. Yeah, but it can, it can happen. Like they can be like, "Well, you signed up to be in Disney Club, and America has got pretty strong laws for like homeowners associations." And yeah, stuff. they can be like, "Well, you signed up, and now you can't do whatever. You've got to, you can't watch your Bugs Bunny doesn't even exist." I think in, Looney Tunes is like the 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 peak example I use of like the idea of a Disney adult because that is sort of like. I, I sort of pit them against each other in my mind as sort of like being the anti-version of each other. Like you've got Mickey Mouse and you've got Bugs Bunny and they're sort of like direct opposites, right? And they're, like, they're both like as if, if a company had taken a different path in life. you get, you There is no one who's going like, listen to something someone's going and saying, such a Tweety Bird thing to say. Like you've got <laughs> you've not got someone people fighting over huffle like houses of Looney Tunes characters that they're part of, you know. You've not got someone going, I'm such a Hufflepuff. I'm such a, like obviously they do that, but like they're not going like, I'm such a Sylvester. There's such a foghorn. Exactly, it doesn't happen, but it does. Everyone's least favorite Looney Tune, by the way. (laughs) Well, I say, I say, I say, you, you listen here now, boy. You better take that back. Um, I. It's wild. It's wild to me. I would. I will never like what you like, but there must come a point where, when you're considering living within a brand, that things have gone too far. When do people's families step in? <laughs> Should they? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I look. I look forward to watching like a really creepy documentary about this in twenty years' time. Big time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I, I saw a. I saw a really. Like, speaking of like things that Disney own, I saw a Disney Plus like billboard advert the other day, and it was like things you expect to find here. It was like Toy Story four, and some things you don't, which was the that new Kingsman movie. And what they're saying is, like, we've got things you wouldn't even expect, expect us to have, that things that aren't typically Disney. But what they're, really, what they're really saying is, look at the things we own. You know, I just found it such a weird... Yep. Like, when I, when I thought about it, I was like, hang on, that just, they're just saying, we own so much stuff that you wouldn't expect us to own, and we just put it on Disney+. Plus. I didn't... It's, 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 it's fucking... The way they're sort of like trying to market that is so fucking bizarre mm-hmm. to me. Uh, but movie universes are not do not stop and end with Disney, mind. Uh, we we are as a podcast fans of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out at the start of the pandemic. I guess, I guess we are. I guess we, we are. liked that movie, um, and I look forward to the second one. And good news, Scott. They've announced a third one already as well before the second one comes out. Uh, can, can I live in a Sonic the Hedgehog community? Fuck it, yeah, go on then. I'll build you one in my garden. 
<laughs> Don't get stuck in the loop. And and, and every mo- every morning you've got to come out and be like, I'm tail. <laughs> Watch out for Robotnik, he's pelting you with rocks. Um so- and then your part and your partner's like, Cal, can't can't you can't you stop? And he he really needs this right. <laughs> he really he, he's going through a tough time, all right. <laughs> He was there for me. Watch out for the badniks. <laughs> As you like sigh and you like go out. I'm like, watch out, Tails. <laughs> uh, so a third Sonic movie is on the way. Um, I guess they really are do feel good about the idea that that second Sonic movie is also going to do particularly well. And it looks, it looks good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. But they've also announced a live action Knuckles series. Where Idris Elba will return yeah, right. to play Knuckles in a li- in this live action Knuckles series, uh, not where I was expecting to go with it, but but all right, all right, <laughs> fine. I, w- I wonder how many other cast members of a wire they can get in Knuckles. Yeah, man, let's have a Knuckles wire movie where he's trying to. <laughs> it's all cast members. It's all just they're, they're, yeah. but rather than like cocaine, which I assume is what the wire is about, um, it's just the emeralds. Gotta get that emerald, man. Yeah. I've, I've still never seen The Wire, so please tell me if I'm way off in my, well, my all right. assumption of what Just that before, is. As we, I, I've got the first pairings, the first round of a tournament I'm going to be playing on Saturday are up. Oh, so it's actually first, going ahead. Uh, well, the tournament is fine because it's, it's London-based, but I, I don't know if I can get there, but I'm hoping I can. Um, the first list I'm facing is basically a mirror of my list, but a little bit better. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. So we're, we're gonna. We're, we'll see what happens. He's running kind of the same army as me. Okay. Well, fair enough. In real life, everyone tends to run the same armies because we're all just humans, man. Yeah, true. So if if we can, right. if you can win wars in real life, you can win with the same army in yeah, war. That's fine. I believe in you. Cool. Which brings us to our end of the podcast question. So my question for you this week, Scott: Are there any video game sound bites or voice lines that regularly get stuck in your head? Uh, like the, the, basically, the, you memorize or just have in your head at times when certain things happen. Basically, all the little sound bites from like the Westwood RTS games. That's what I thought you were going to go with that. So, what sort of sound bites are you got? Acknowledged. The, the Soviet soldiers in Red Alert had like over the top fake Russian accents. Okay. Go, yeah. Acknowledged. Uh, I remember on Emperor Battle for Dune, the Atreides would sometimes go for House Atreides <laughs> in a high pitched voice. Uh, the iconic bit at the end of a Red Alert 2 intro where the, the Russian premiere is like, is it time, Yuri? No, comrade premiere. It's only beginning. That's good. It's great. That's good. Uh, yeah, all those lines. For me, so is, are, there, are there any sort of scenarios where these lines tend to crop up more in your head? Like, I- uh, Whenever I'm talking with my uncle, because we both play... I earliest gaming memories playing those games with my uncle, and we still quote them. I um. I so for me it's uh NPC lines from World of Warcraft and Hearthstone are the things that tend to oh, pop yeah. into my head a lot like well met or I greet you like those sort of like lines um which because I've just played so much of that I will just hear them in general conversation and want to say them out loud, but obviously I can't because people will not understand what they're from. Oh, oh there's also that Oblivion video where the guy says, farewell. And oh, that's the, I say goodbye to a lot of people. The now. Oblivion <laughs> ones uh, are also very much in there. Um, for, for World of Warcraft, it's like, peace, friend. Like, <laughs> how are you? 
Uh, it's just like, the the way that the humans speak in those games, like with, especially in like the the Elwyn Forest starter areas, when you click on some of those humans, it's just like embedded in my brain in sort of general conversation where I just desperately want to say it and I can't because it would be really weird. But those those are the ones I think that stick in my head more than anything. Um, obviously, a lot of the games I played growing up, I think, didn't have a lot of like dialogue, like Mario games, Sonic games. Final Fantasy games at the time, all very sort of text-based in their dialogue. Mario would have the odd wahoo, but otherwise, like voice acting games, you, you are sort of stuck to these individual lines. Certainly, in like the early two thousands, and it's 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 that stuff that is very much stuck with me. And Hearthstone more than anything, because I played like hundreds of hours of that, and it's the only voices you hear are the characters mm-hmm. repeating the same lines over and over. Um, I just thought it'd be a fun thing to to think about i don't think i've ever asked that of you and that's the end of the podcast uh, a lot of things you've, we've not talked about. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me off air scott all right um, <laughs> we'll talk about this in therapy yeah, yeah uh podcast host therapy uh that's the end of the podcast scott thank you very much for joining me as oh always. my pleasure if people want to find you on w- the internet, wish me luck on the trains tomorrow hopefully i won't die yeah if um if this podcast start if, if, well, this, po- if, this, to if this podcast me? opens with a, uh, if you die, I'm going to open this podcast with a tribute to you. All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 release it a day late, and it'll have a tribute. I'm sorry, to I won't stuff. be around to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, who would I get to replace you if you died? Uh good good question. I'd probably spend a little bit of time pretending to be you myself for a bit, uh, and then just find anyone else who would join me. Um. If people want to find you on the internet and you've not died, where would they go to find you? Well, in memoriam, you can go to Scott Hunter Studios. That's my painting Instagram. Scott VAH is my regular Instagram as well, where I post occasionally about my life. Uh, I'll be posting tournament pics at the weekend. And yeah, that's basically it. I only really exist on Instagram anymore. Same here. (laughs) If you want to find me, I've been Cal Doughty, the host of this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Cal Doughty, C-A-L-D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. Um, that I have pictures on Instagram, but I'm not going to... Don't, I don't really use my Instagram. not going to brag about it. Uh, and that's the end of the podcast, so thank you very much for All listening. Right. Nice. Look after yourselves, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Nice. Love you. Bye. Goodbye.